Hey everyone, this is All Things Climbing. I'm Dave Alley. This week's episode is the first of two where Luke and I sit down with Tension Climbing founders Will Anglin and Ben Spanett. As climbers, Will and Ben have impressive resumes, which together include ticks of boulder problems up to V14 and red points of rope climbs up to 514D. But more impressive than that is their dedication to climbing's most granular aspects. Climbing for Will and Ben is a craft to pursue mastery of, rather than an arena in which to pursue success. After years spending as much time under the hood of climbing as behind the wheel, Will and Ben founded Tension Climbing. Tension is a business venture focused on wood holds and training tools, but it also serves as an outlet for all their wisdom from years of climbing, coaching, setting routes, and shaping holds. Basically, these guys have examined climbing more closely than the rest of us, and they have a lot of really smart things to say, which is why we broke this into two medium-length episodes. We recorded these episodes at Tension HQ, where Luke and I were psyched to get a tour of the machine shop. Along the way, Will and Ben explained exactly how their production process works, we got to watch a hold being machined from stock, and we talked about why they use so many different types of wood. The episode you're about to hear starts with this tour of the shop before we move to a quieter room for the rest of the conversation. It's all in the same building, though, so you can still occasionally hear the machines in the background. During the actual interview, we talk about one of their flagship training tools, the tension board. Will describes the tension board better than I can, but just for some additional context, it's an 8 foot by 12 foot adjustable wall with a grid of holds arranged in a prescribed configuration. On the surface, this sounds similar to the moon board, but the two tools are functionally quite different, as Will explains. We also talk about why they love wood rather than plastic, as well as what they've learned about mastery and climbing over the years. Check it out. Hey man, good to see you. Hey, good to see you too. What's shaking? Thanks for uh, taking the time, man. Oh yeah, of appreciate course. it. Uh, well, I'll just take you through like beginning to end. Perfect. So all the wood for all the various different things comes in the door, goes in the rack. We chop it up. It goes in the machines. Uh, a lot of this stuff, basically everything gets hand finished to some degree. Um, part of that is a little bit annoying, but it's also nice because we get to get hands-on everything before it goes into stock, so we know it's good, we know it's going to be comfortable, there's not like anything wrong with it. Everyone here is a climber too, which is also really important to me, so like a climber finishes every hold, touches it, and is like, this is good, and then it goes into stock. So I've seen, I've seen like kind of these ma- more manual machines like this, but this one over here, the computer operation, looks like a reverse 3D printer in a way. Do you guys go and like put in a CAD well, design? Like a 3D and... printer is like a reverse CNC machine. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. <laughs> well, yeah, ben, so Ben models it in SolidWorks and then programs it for those machines and then it just, I don't know, it spits out code and it tells the coordinates where it to go and it just That's cuts so... it. These are the most. These are the most fun to watch for me. <laughs> Square goes in, circle comes out. It's magic. Yeah, it's so yeah. sweet. Yeah. Really it's really like fast too. Smooth. Yeah. Can I touch it? Yeah. Oh yeah. What kind of wood do you use? This is poplar. Okay. We use we use poplar, cherry, walnut, maple. It's alder. We definitely went cherry? through a process. Yeah, it's alder. Oh. A process of picking the best wood type and what wood types work for different holds. Uh, yeah. Is that like a coefficient of friction type of question? It's or? mostly like a, a machining thing and 
Uh, there's definitely a friction thing. So the poplar and the cherry we like the feel of the most. Maple's like a bit slicker, but like more dense and stronger. So for smaller things, uh, there's actually only one left, but smaller things where it needs to be stronger will be maple. But for the most part, the bigger holds or just the general holds are either uh, poplar or cherry. Okay, cool. All right, uh, cool if we pop over to the other yeah. room? So just to start, I guess, with tension, do you guys want to introduce yourselves and we'll talk a little bit about like how you met? Yeah, my name is Ben Spanith. Uh, we met, when did we meet? At a collegiate climbing series comp uh, in like 2009. I was helping coordinate uh, the region at the time. It was just starting and Will uh, set up the team at Western mm-hmm. from Gunnison. Uh, and we met at the first comp. And basically, if I remember right, he was basically dominating and did all the hard boulders. And I, was, I told him something like, no, 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 you have to do every boulder. You can't just, because normally you take your top five. Uh, I was like, no, dude, you got to do all of them. So he did every boulder. <laughs> and, and then we just started remember, climbing outside. Do you outside remember what he did after I, after I did that and gave you my scorecard? I, did I tear it up? You tore it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was when we knew we would be friends. (laughs) When he tore up my scorecard. Uh, Yeah. That was how we we initially met. And then then when I moved to to Colorado, um, I came out here, uh, well, she was my girlfriend then, but my now wife. We moved out to Colorado to help open the Earthtrex Golden Gym. And you were doing... The bamboard thing is kind of how. Yeah. So a year prior to tension, I kind of started this other, hang, like basically just one hangboard, uh, thing while I like I, I used to teach at a community college, and that started to go well. So I was like, well, we should take this a little more seriously and develop the product line and everything, and then yeah, it's yeah. totally t- yeah. <laughs> it's changed a lot since then. Uh, what year was that? that you guys. Uh. Three years ago is when BAM started, and two years ago is when, actually a little more than two years ago is when Tension started. Okay. Yeah. It's, that's crazy to think about. It's gone from like just us like in a little wood shop making stuff to like yeah. a we serious production Yeah, we started on one line. table, one like four by eight sheet of plywood table. Yeah. And then it's now nuts. we're in like a 7,000 square foot warehouse with building our own like little climbing gym that we yeah. want to climb in <laughs> like it's kind of insane that's really awesome uh, so i guess just for people who maybe haven't seen the tension board do you guys mind just giving like a quick yeah, like yeah. you know breakdown of it i mean the basic idea of it is that it's a mirrored layout it's a training board with a mirrored layout and the angle of the wall is adjustable mm-hmm. i think that's probably the idea that it's mirrored and the adjustable angle is probably the most important part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then functionally, the tension board, it seems like it borrows from the concept of the moon board in a lot of ways, where you've got the um, LEDs near the holds and you've got the functionality with the app where that allows people to sort of like rate upload problems and that kind of thing it creates like i guess plugs each individual board into like a larger network of mm-hmm. of climbing yep. and stuff like that is that like um <clears throat> did you guys have this moment where you're like hey th- this moon board 
has some good ideas about it, but there's things we don't like, like we can do this way better. Or did you come from a different direction? Like, you know, this is like you were mentioned with the, you know, the yeah. adjustable walls I, that are I tracks. Would say it's mostly what, what we want, what we want to climb on. There's, there's some things like problem storage and making it, uh, sort of universal where we can climb on something that someone set in Europe or whatever. Uh, and, and the LEDs, like there are similar components of it. Um, but, but I don't think that it was a direct, uh, yeah, like we, thing that we just wanted yeah, to change. We definitely didn't, we weren't like, we didn't like go climb on a moon board one day and we were like, we can do this better. Mm-hmm. It was initially born out of, for me, playing with mirrored hold setups before I even knew that the moon board was like a thing. And then like a lot of it comes from just the coaching background and ha- wanting a tool that is really useful for coaches and people who are like very specifically trying to get better at certain aspects of climbing. Um, and there's definitely a lot we want to do with the board in the future uh, that we're kind of constantly working on. Can you guys outline some of those things or is that sort of in the lab and under wraps? Some of it's kind of in the lab and under wraps. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, definitely there's, I mean, the easiest thing to talk about at this point is just what we want to do with the app. I mean, the app as it is right now is basically you can just make a problem and store it in a database and pull it back up, Um, which is super simple and um, I mean, we're not, uh, absolutely not stopping there. Uh, we're, there are a lot of features that we're just going to kind of constantly be rolling out as, you know, our programmer continues to work on it. Like the Android is coming out here. And then after that, I mean, just the, t- the typical things like we, you know, we want you to be able to make lists of all like your favorite problems or something like that and be able to share that with other people and kind of introduce a little bit more of a social aspect mm-hmm. to it, um, a little bit more problem history to it. Yeah, some some more, um, some better like tracking uh, features so you can go back and look at, you know, I've done X number of problems over the course of a month and these many were this grade and these many were at this angle and these are the climbs. Like one of the biggest things that people realize when they start climbing on the board is, uh, like it gets to a point where your left and right side diverge really abruptly, where you're climbing like three grades harder uh, with hard moves on one side of your body than you are with the other. And I think that's one of the the best things about the board and something that we really want to highlight with features in the app as a way to kind of help guide people to make good training decisions even while they're just kind of climbing and having fun and I think this board almost tricks you into training um, by having you climb a, a boulder problem like you're just having a session and it's fun and kind of the way that the graphically like there's a check mark and then there's a check going the other way and when you scroll through your logbook and you it, it gets to a point where just a single check mark doesn't look or feel complete, and you're kind of like, you, you're like, I need to do the other side. Yeah. Like every time I see someone do that or hear someone say that, I just kind of like cackle inside, because that's like, 
like I gotcha, <laughs> you know, like, totally. like you're now you're now you're training, <laughs> like you're on accident, awesome. and, but you're still having fun, but it's a way to kind of help build people up into kind of like more robust climbers, yeah, without them actually having to worry about what it means to do that. To add to what Will was saying, one of the main things that I want to add into the app is like recommending. Like, depending on your goals, recommending problems or circuits or something to do. So if it's power, then there's, like, specific short move boulders at the right difficulty that might change uh, the hold type or the movement type or something to suit your goals. Or if your goals are more endurance or route-based, like recommending circuits, again, at your difficulty with the hold types, with the move types that are going to get you to that goal faster. So it's ways off. There's like there's a lot of work to be done to do that uh, and to do it effectively. But that's definitely like the within a year or several months. Hopefully, that's where we're going. So one of the things that I'm really curious about is why wood. It's a good question. <laughs> um, for me, it's mostly a texture thing. Like I I also like old plastic holds, but I don't like new plastic holds at all because. <laughs> It just, they wear your skin off. And I find it really annoying and totally unnecessary to, to, to stop climbing or to, to just have those skin issues. So you could either do old plastic or you could do wood or something that just doesn't have the texture that wears your skin off. Yeah. I mean, the, the, <laughs> yeah, the texture sense. component is yeah. humongous. Yeah it's, yeah, it's absolutely all about the texture. Mm-hmm. And then I think you can break that texture component down into a couple different things. For one, absolutely, the skin. Um, yeah, I, I hate climbing on new plastic holds. Um, like, even for our wall that we're building now that is going to be plastic and wood, um, I've been, for the past two years, like, collecting, going around and buying up old plastic holds because I don't want to put a bunch of new plastic holds on the wall. I yes. don't want to climb on it. Yeah. I don't care how cool they are. Like, it's just not... We'll sand them, we'll sand yeah. them all first. Yeah. It's well, that's like, like I, I got a bunch of wire brushes, so when we do get the new plastic holds, instead of brushing them with boar's hair, like, we'll, we brush them with wire brushes like at cats, and then it, it breaks them in a lot faster. Um, and, yeah, just like with Bennett, it never made sense to me to... Like, to stop a session because just just because you're bleeding or, like, your skin hurts so bad that you can't possibly grab onto a hold, that's absurd. Like, that's... Sure. That, to be honest, I haven't... That hasn't happened to me in a long time, mostly because I either climb at Cats, which is all, like, 20-plus-year-old holds or here. Yeah. So it's just... It's not yeah. necessary. You just don't have to do it. Yeah. Well, and then, and then the texture from, like, a movement standpoint, like, having wooden feet... Like, the, the attention that you have to pay to your foot and the pressure that you're putting on it throughout a move with a wooden foothold, as opposed to, especially in gyms now where they're just these giant hunks of plat. Like, it's just mindless. You clomp your foot on it, and it's going nowhere. Like, you yeah. don't even have to think about it. Yeah. And even with, like, a bigger wood foothold, you, like, you have to place your foot very deliberately and press on it very deliberately and like maintain that pressure throughout a move and and when you're grabbing the holds too you can't just like I find myself on plastic you like 
do a move and it's you're it's like hard you stick the hold and then you're like oh okay i got it and you can kind of like like relax into the hold Mm -hmm. because it's grabbing you back there's like all this friction on it and everything but when you're climbing on the wood holds you're you're giving it the whole time Mm -hmm. you're just you're squeezing the crap out of it you're like pressing into your feet your whole body's working there there is no relief from it and like if you want to talk about power like there's power like right there and and then from the app perspective also like being able to say like no matching on a boulder problem that's something that is has always kind of confounded me about the moon board where it's all where it's like overtraining power overtraining power or it's like you're training crosley little crimp matches like you're just matching every hold and then like trying to jump out of it where like if you watch like the best climbers in the country in the world training at cats like one of the rules is you just you don't match because it kill like being able to stop halfway through a move and then regenerate again versus initiating and carrying power through this like huge range of motion like that's i don't know that's power training mm-hmm. um and to some extent i've heard the criticism of like oh well if you can match like well it's just bad route setting to have to have rules that say you know you can only put your foot on this hold or you aren't allowed to match or something like that and then and my answer to that is like that's BS. Like, yeah. it's not about route setting. It's like, well, what's your goal? Like, are you trying to climb harder or are you just trying to, like, get your way up this 8x12 piece of plywood? Like, no one cares about that. Yeah. If if what you're doing in your training or in your practice isn't actually helping you climb harder and achieve the thing that you actually want to achieve, then what's it worth? And so, in in my opinion... Being able to have rules, and, and as silly as they are and as stupid as it might seem, if it, if it reinforces the pursuit of your goal, then I think it is 100% legitimate. Yeah, totally. Um, when you guys say cats. Oh, yeah, sorry. Cats, cats is a, a, a small gym. It's more of a gymnastics gym, um, but Rob Candelaria, who's a, a, a phenomenal climber yeah i don't even know when he started climbing he he owns it and he's got like a little portion of the gymnastics uh gym that's just a wall that's littered with holds uh and you can just make up whatever you want it's perfect is that right around town it's in boulder it's in boulder yeah okay cool that's awesome (laughs) yeah it's it's incredible i mean i when i mean one of the reasons i moved to colorado was because there's just so many badass and strong people out here and I just wanted to come learn and uh the first time I went to Cats I was like holy shit this is like bouldering college like this is insane like just being there with people like Ben and Nick Milburn and Garrett Greger and Daniel Woods and uh Angie Payne and stuff and watching them and making up boulders with them and then trying to climb them and it's it's absurd um I learned more my first night there than I'd learned in like a year climbing at a gym in Maryland. Like, it was absurd. And so that's always, ever since then, and I, and I know Ben feels this way too, that's kind of like that wall and that feel and that idea has kind of always been 
like, well, that's the best. Like, we just want to, we want to bring that in whatever way we can to everyone else because, like, there's a reason all those people are so strong. Yeah. That's yeah, wild. And it's mostly, to me, it's mostly about having the wall littered with holds so that you, everyone can make up something that's, like, right at your difficulty level so that uh, you're not climbing a bunch of easy things that you know you're going to get to the top of. Most of the times in there, I, I like, won't do a boulder or we'll do, like, one or two things. Uh, and I'm totally fine with that because it's fun to constantly be tweaking what you're work, working on to make it right at that difficulty level. That's, that's fun to me. That's, that's not necessarily fun to everyone. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to get to the top of the wall. But, yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want you to be able to have that experience. Yeah. And that's why that wall, the tension board, is just chock full of holds. Yeah. And in any, like, you know, square two feet of the board, you can either be grabbing, like, the gnarliest pinch or, like, a jug pinch or the tiniest little crimp or, like, a really deep in cut or... Like, you can, the ability to make up something that's right where you want it difficulty-wise, right where you want it hold type-wise, right where you want it movement-wise, and... Yeah, you, you can do all of that in a really small space. It really doesn't take that much uh, climbing area to be able to do whatever move you want. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the holds and shaping them, did you spend much time as a route setter? I know you did for Earth Treks, Will, but Ben, have you? No, done not really. I, I've done it intermittently, but never, never for any like yeah. serious I, period of time. He's is a really good route setter, though. Sure. Well, it, I, actually, I should say that I, oh, every time that I go climbing, I set, <laughs> but but I don't put holds on the wall. Right. I I make up problems usually for myself with the holds that are already there. Okay. So in a way, yeah, every almost every time I've ever gone. Even even to like a, a commercial gym, I'll often like make up things that aren't taped. So I'm I'm thinking in a similar mindset, but in in general, the best thing that you can do as a climber is learn to think like that. Learn learn to uh, like if you could create problems that are at your difficulty level in the movement types that you want, you're gonna. How do, how do you explain it, that? It gives you, it gives you a conception of what difficulty is and why something is hard and like how can this hold that even though if I were to, it were to just be a downpulling hold would be a jug, how come this is like a V10 move? Like I don't understand. And understanding like, well, if I move a foot over here, it's going to be difficult in this way. But if I choose this foot, it's going to be difficult in this way. And so as you're, like Ben said, as you're like looking at a wall and trying to make something up for yourself, you, you can't get away from answering those questions. And part of making up a climb, whether you're using holds that are already on the wall or putting them on the wall, is understanding and kind of engaging with that back and forth with to, yourself to about me, like, that's what, what is keeps this? it so, so interesting is the, the ways that you can modify a move and what that does movement-wise, what you have to do to actually be able to do the move. I would I would get bored for sure just like going in the gym and climbing tape problems all the time, uh, and not having the chance to like modify or like make it interesting like or right at right at the difficulty that I want, or the style of move that I want, 
Part of the reason I ask is because I wonder when you guys take this step that very few people take, you know, there's like this people who climb problems that are set for them being this like base of the pyramid, right? And then a small few have this experience of like setting problems and creating the routes. And then even fewer go on to like shape holds, which is like further upstream almost. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that mindset of I've set problems and you think critically about movement and stuff like that is in turn really important for shaping the holds themselves. I think it's critically important. And even before tension started, um, I had been shaping plastic holds for kilter and I still do um, periodically and, and learning from Ian Powell, who's like the godfather of climbing holds. Like being, it, it's absurd that I just lucked out and have been able to be around him and learn from him and stuff. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I can't say enough good things about him or what he does, but in learning, like everything that I've learned about plastic holds and climbing holds in general, like edge radii and tapers and, and like the whole thing, you know, we brought all that to the wood holds as best as we can. And there's a different, it's, it's, there are, I don't necessarily, well, I guess they are limitations, but there are things that you need to work around when you're working with wood. I mean, it's a much denser material. There are limitations to its strength in certain ways and the amount of organic form you can get out of it. And, you know, if you had a $200,000 machine, you could maybe do certain things that like we can't do yet. Um, and so it's, it's kind of, at this point we're really meeting in the middle. There are a lot of things that, you know, we'd love to do with wood that they're just kind of not feasible at the moment, but it's like really complicated geometries. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I mean, wood, wood is, it's, it's not plastic and, and especially the plastic they're, they're using today, like the chemistry behind it and the post curing and like all this stuff, it is incredibly strong and you can go super detailed and thin. And like, there's just things that I don't want to totally discount for wood. Cause I want to, you know, leave it open for us to figure out a way to do it. But, um, it's definitely, it's definitely different. Um, a lot of that comes down to like, can we make it in a feasible way too? like, cause you could make any, shape out of wood sure. but it wouldn't be like like are you gonna buy cost a three hundred dollar crimp you know yeah. <laughs> like, not gonna do, like, a bunch of stuff like it has to be able to come out of the machine in, in a reasonable amount of time yeah and like when i have time like i've made some wood holds that are like i have like a this like one jug that like i'm really happy with it it's like a awesome plastic hold but it's made out of wood, but it also took me six hours to make. So <laughs> like that's like, you can't, you can't be selling holds that take six hours per hold to make every single time. Um, that's one of the benefits of molding plastic is you can spend six hours on a hold once right. and then make 10,000. You can see where the material advantage of plastic comes in and how oh, it's like a compelling for like a large commercial gym. Right. Um, well, I don't hate plastic. I, like I, totally. like I, I mean, as much as I love wood, I, I'm very aware that there are limitations, and, and I freaking love plastic, too. Like, I love shaping plastic holds, and I love climbing. I love everything plastic can do, but um, to only, I don't know, to only have, I would never tell anyone, you like, 
only climb on wood. Like, what are you doing climbing on plastic? You should only be climbing on wood. That's absurd. But I think it's also just as absurd to say you should only be climbing on plastic because then you're missing out on this like incredible opportunity with what woods, wood holds have to offer. And so, you know, I think before, before we really started what we were doing, there was no real way in the United States to come by wood holds as easily as you could come by plastic. And I think that was kind of initially our, like our first goal. Like, can we make wood holds in such a way and produce them in such a way that we can sell them in the same fashion that people sell plastic holds and a gym could just like order a bunch of wood holds, like remove the barrier of it being difficult to get them and to allow people to have that experience. Yeah, at a similar cost. What do you see people doing just continually as either beginners or, you know, maybe there's a different answer for intermediate climbers or advanced climbers and stuff, but, you know, what is, what is your, like, most common mistake that you see people making either indoors or outdoors? Uh, yeah, it, it just takes a long time to understand how to move, and it just takes a lot of practice, years worth of practice. So uh, just trying to rush that, maybe. I, I think I would say exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, and yeah, I think... You're literally never going to figure it all out. Like, you're going to... Yeah. That's why it's so fun. That's why it stays interesting for 20 years. It's it's always different, and you just have to constantly be learning, like, how to... How you specifically can do different moves or put things together, and how... And you're, like, learning that that's going to be different for everyone. Like You're not going to do it the same way as other people. I almost never do things the same way as other people. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I yeah, I think and and I've I've kind of got sick of trying to impress this upon people and and so like I've kind of stopped. Uh I I, I kind of try not to talk to people about this that much cuz they don't want to hear it and and then so I don't want to talk about it, but every everyone underestimates what Ben just said like like what technique really is and what the idea of learning how to climb really is everyone's just like I climb v5 I want to climb v6 and they climb v6 and the next day they're like well now I want to climb v7 like you're totally missing the point you have no idea what you're talking about like well if I do should I be doing pull-ups or should I be doing rows so that I can climb v7 you're like no like what do you what are you talking about? It's like, well, should I be doing seven seconds on, three seconds off, or should I be hangboarding for like 10 seconds at a time adding weight? Like, what the fuck question is that? <laughs> like, none of that matters. But people want to jump to these like objective measures that they are just like reaching and trying to like correlate to performance so that they have some sort of number and some sort of like obvious objective thing that they can like do and be like, okay, I did this. Now I should be able to do this. And like, if that's, if that's the way you think or you want to think, like, climbing is not the activity for you uh, because that is absolutely not how it works. It, like, someone, I, I've talked to people who have been climbing for, like, two years, and they're like, well, I actually think my technique's really good. Like, I think I just need to get stronger. And you're like, nah. <laughs> like, oh, like what makes you think that your technique's good? Oh, you know what a heel hook is and like you've done one and like you can do like, oh, okay, so now I understand heel hooks. 
Like, no, you have no idea about, it. like even this one very specific thing about climbing technique. Like, you, like you, you don't even know what you don't know. Everyone, every heel hook is gonna be different. Like just because you heel hook one way on this hold and this boulder on this type of rock, like, oh, well you go somewhere else, like you can't do that. And then you're like falling off and you're like, oh, well, I know how to heel hook, but I can't do this heel hook. It must be because I'm not strong enough. You're like, no, it's because you actually don't know what you think you know. And, and people hate hearing that. And then, and, then, and then the next step of people is people who will hear it. And then they're like, well, how do I work on that? Like, what's the exercise that I do to be better at that thing? Like, well, there is no, you don't, there's no exercise. There's no heel hook machine that you hook your heel into and like bend your leg a million times. And then all of a sudden you're good at heel hooking and they don't want to hear. Well, no, because like that, that, that's a flawed thought inherently. Like it doesn't, it doesn't exist. will never exist. That's not the idea of it. That's not the point of it. And then, and then they don't want to hear that. It's very rare that you'll get someone and you'll tell them, you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, okay, well, how do I do that? And you're like, there's no like, way to do it. You just have to you just do, you just practice, you just do climbing for years and years and years and like interact with each situation as it comes and like do your best and try and figure it out. And then eventually you'll figure out how to do those things, but you're constantly gonna be bombarded with things that actually have nothing to do with that. And you're like still gonna have to learn. And then, there diverge two people. The people who are like, shit. And, the, and then the people who are like, I right, cool, like, let's do that. That sounds great. Like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. And, and those are the people that I like to work with and, and climb with. <laughs> totally. The insane people who are like, oh, like, there's no answers and it's never going to be the same and I'm never going to get this and I'm never going to do it and I'm just going to go out in the woods and fucking fall and bleed all the time. You're like, ah, yeah, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> well, where's that's, the best place to do that? Yeah, well, that's what I'm into. <laughs> what do you two think you might be doing right now if you had not found climbing? Oh, my gosh. Playing music, maybe? Maybe skiing more? <laughs> ping pong. Professional ping pong player. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. You, you may have uh, missed your calling completely. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. What about you? I would I would be sculpting, playing music, or dead. Or dead. Yeah, dead being probably fifty percent of the possibilities uh, that could have arisen from my life. <laughs> Jeez. Like we won't go into we won't go into injury. that, uh, but I would have figured something else out. I love climbing, but like if if for some reason like something happened and I couldn't climb. I wouldn't like go off in a field and shoot myself. There's plenty of things I, I like to do. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal. It would suck, but I would, it would be fine. Professional uh, dog walker. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could do that more. Walk the hell out of some dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things, this is back to the fact. <laughs> <laughs> back to the, the topic at hand. Yeah, talking about climbing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, For those who want to know how to walk dogs better, (laughs) and accept that every dog is going to be different. Well, you know, there's no right way. You just kind of got to walk dogs. (laughs) Like, you'll get it. You'll get it. (laughs) Just don't take the same path twice.
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with the second half of our conversation with Will and Ben, where we do a deep dive into the finer points of shaping holes and setting routes. In the meantime, check us out on iTunes and give us a rating or leave us some feedback. It helps other folks find the show, and we really like hearing from you. Have a great week. Thank you.